When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I hope you all have had a wonderful week. I haven't. I've had a week from hell. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about all things reality TV and pop culture. You know, it's very interesting. I just realized this week that Tuesday, I believe, was Andrea's birthday, our favorite from Summer House, which, by the way, if you have not listened to the Andrea episode of MPT, hands down my favorite podcast guest of all time. I mean, he truly was incredible. So make sure you go back and listen to that. But I was like wondering, why do I love Andrea so much? I mean, we all know why I love Andrea so much. He's cute. He's funny. He's got those washboard abs. He's got a heart of gold. And then I realized his birthday one day before my fiance, David's birthday. Taurus vibes. I just love a Taurus. What can I say? Today, David turns 32. Oops. I guess I shouldn't like, you know, put him on blast like that, but I did. So happy birthday to David if you are listening. Okay, let's get into this week's pop three. We got to start with the Met Gala. The Met Gala was weird. No? Like, I thought the Met Gala was super weird this time around. There wasn't really anybody that I loved where I was like, Oh my gosh. Except Kaya Gerber. Oh my God. I did have that reaction when she came out with the curly hair and the long, pretty dress. I also never understand the themes ever. Like you could tell me it was Gilded Glamour a million times over. I still don't know what that means. Even if I looked it up on Google, still don't really know what it means. Everybody on the internet is saying that nobody hit the theme. So we're just going to ignore it for today. Blake Lively looked good, but she always looks good. She could literally show up in like a trash bag and we'd be like, put her on the Gucci runway right now. Sean Mendez, Sean Mendez, I saw him. He made me tingly, you know? It happens when you just see something and you're like, oh, okay, Sean. 
But other than that, I was just like, meh. You know who was meh? The Kardashian Jenners. Every single last one of them were just meh at the Met Gala. Rename it to the Meh Gala every time the Kardashian Jenners are invited. No, I'm just kidding. That's shady. It's just disappointing because the family has had such great moments in the past, and I feel like this year they really just missed the mark. We'll start with Kim. Okay, of course, an iconic moment. I do understand wearing the Marilyn Monroe dress from 1962. She's saying happy birthday to JFK. I get it. Totally an iconic moment. But like a nude lip for Marilyn Monroe? Like the details. It's all about the details. I like the blonde hair, but. It's not giving Marilyn. We need a red lip for Marilyn. Also, I knew immediately that she couldn't get the dress zipped up when I saw the white half coat thing, whatever that was. Because, you know, there's no way that Kim is not showing it off, showing off the curds, showing off the the curds. Did I just say the curds? No, Kim Kardashian doesn't have cheese curds. I meant to say curves. She's always showing off the curve. So I knew something was up. And then there's all these reports saying that she actually had a replica of the dress made. And that's the photos that we're seeing online. That's what she actually attended the Met Gala in. She only wore Marilyn's dress walking the red carpet. It looks like she was struggling in that thing. I got to say, you know, as a skeet hater, you all know I hate Kim and Pete together. I'm mature enough to admit when they look Good. And they did. They did look good at the Met Gala. But here's my question about Pete. And I hope this doesn't come off me because y'all know me. You know my heart. My heart is in the right place when I ask the question Are the Kardashians like telling him to wear sunglasses on the red carpet? The only reason I ask that is because he's been doing it a lot lately at the Met Gala, at the White House Correspondence Dinner. He never used to wear sunglasses on the red carpet before. And you know, sometimes he's self-conscious about the way that his eyes look. We know he's got some bags sometimes, some dark circles. Travis always wears sunglasses on the red carpet. And I'm like, I wonder if that's a thing. I mean, Kim made him get a spray tan. You saw that, right? Like at least eight shades darker at the White House Correspondence Center than he normally is. But you know what? They looked good at the Met Gala, so I won't be too shady, I say, as I just shaded him for a solid 45 seconds. Let's go on to Chloe. Chloe looked amazing, but it was still giving like Chloe on a Tuesday. You know, like I've seen Chloe wear that exact dress at the Christmas Eve dinner party, whatever it is that they have every single year. I mean, amazing, but still. Kendall, out of all of them, I think she probably looked the best. I love that big black skirt. Courtney, I think one of the worst, one of the worst at the whole entire meh gala. It was supposed to be like a deconstructed version of Travis's outfit, you know, deconstructed tux. It's the Met Gala, Courtney. Why are you wearing a deconstructed tux? Like it was giving MTV VMAs, you know, and she admitted on the red carpet that she didn't think about the gilded glamour theme. So I don't know if she will be invited back after that comment, but taking the cake, looking like she belonged on the top of a cake herself, Kylie Jenner, wedding topper Kylie, the baseball hat, the veil, the mesh t-shirt at the top. I was just genuinely confused. The joke was 
I was sending the dress to everyone in my immediate family saying, mom, I think I want something like this for my wedding because you know I'm engaged. And my mom was like, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> she was very supportive and very sweet, but you could tell she just didn't want to burst my bubble when I told her it was a joke. She was like, thank God. I also sent it to David and he's like, baseball hat. I like it. And I'm like, what? He's like, I like the baseball hat. I was like, you're joking. He's like, I like the whole look. And I said, no. I said, so if I wore that to the wedding day, you would be happy with that? You know, he didn't really have much to say about that. He was like, uh, I don't actually know. I'm like, the only reason you like it is because she's wearing a baseball hat. You probably don't even like the baseball hat. You just think that it's cool that she's wearing one. And he was like, yeah, okay, you got me. The thing about Kylie is that her outfit was a tribute to Abel Virgil, which is sad because we know he was a very famous designer. He passed away due to cancer. It was a tribute to him. So sad and touching, but still kind of ugly. Sorry. Moving on to headline number two. Did Pete Davidson get a neck tattoo of Kim's kids? I've been putting this one off forever because I hate it. I hate it to my core. There has been a photo circulating around the internet with Pete, and it looks like a new tattoo on his neck. It says K-N-S-C-P. Now, the actual meaning has yet to be confirmed or denied, but fans are speculating that it's the first initial Kim and then her kids, North, St. Chicago, Psalm. I mean, come on now. If it's not like what a coincidence that even because it's in the order from oldest to youngest. Kim, North is eight, Saint is six, Chicago's four, and then Psalm is two. I thought he was getting rid of all of his tattoos, wasn't he? He said that on a lot of interviews lately that he was wanting to get rid of his arm tattoos and I believe his neck tattoos because he got tired of covering them up for movies. So to me, as a self-proclaimed skeet hater, like this is lame. This is lame. It's a ploy for attention. To get that tattooed on his neck of all places, the same place that you just said two months ago that you wanted to get all of your tattoos removed from, what a dink! I think I don't like these two because their personalities, in my opinion, from what I know, don't necessarily match. I listen to a lot of Machine Gun Kelly. I like his new album a lot. But Pete Davidson makes all these random weird cameos in Machine Gun Kelly's new album. And one of them, he's specifically talking about how he hates L.A. He hates famous people. This is Pete. He's like, oh, I hate L.A. Oh, I hate famous people. There's a wall of famous people in L.A. I hate it here. And you're dating Kim Kardashian? You hate famous people, but you're going to the Met Gala with sunglasses on? That's why I don't buy it. You can't hate LA and hate celebrity culture and date Kim Kardashian. The two cannot coexist. Let's move on to our third and final headline in this week's Pop 3. We got the Real House Lives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 trailer. This one's called the Ex-Wives Club. It's going to be Dorinda, Jill, Brandy, Phaedra, Taylor. Eva, Vicky, and Tamara. It takes place in the Berkshires. Thank God. I miss the Berkshires so much. I just rewatched the... I cooked. I cleaned. I made it nice yesterday. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Dorinda and the Berkshires. It appears as though Vicky will be the main villain, if you will, of the season. She gets into it with Dorinda. She gets into it with Brandy. To be honest, I wasn't getting a whole lot from the trailer. 
other than here's all these former housewives together at the Berkshires doing outlandish things like they do, a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, you know, it is what it is. But I have high hopes because the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season one was chef's kiss. So truly cannot wait for season two. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with this week's deep dive. It's all about selling sunset and why I think it's straight up fake. We'll be right back. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. <laughs> he feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. All right, this week's deep dive was an overwhelming majority, so I couldn't just pick one of you to record, but y'all wanted to know why I thought Selling Sunset was fake. We're also going to get into the Chrishell rumors. There's rumors that she is maybe in a new romance, so let's get into it. Okay, I have finished Selling Sunset, and here are my thoughts. Christine has accused the show of having fake storylines, 5,000 of them to be exact. And I was right. I got to the end of the show and I saw where it's like Emma says to Mary and Jason, Christine offered this person $5,000 to not work with me. Okay. And like I said, I think that's fake straight off the rip because these people are billionaires, millionaires buying multi-million dollar homes. You think $5,000 is going to sway anybody? No. Jason and Chriselle, I also think is a fake storyline. They just seemed like two people acting like they were in love the whole entire time they were talking about babies, 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 babies. Are you going to have a baby? When are you having a baby? You want a boy or a girl? What's the baby's name? What's the fake baby's name? Like so much foreshadowing as to why those two split up that it has to be a fake storyline. There's no way that everybody is talking to Jason and Chriselle three months into their relationship about having a baby. It's just not happening. But, okay, let's look at how the show is created. Selling Sunset was created by Adam DeVello. The name might ring a bell. Adam DeVello also created MTV's Laguna Beach and The Hills. There are tons of examples of former Hills and Laguna Beach cast members exposing fake storylines from their time on the show. Let's just look at three, okay? Lauren Conrad and Brody Jenner never dated. As Lauren told Us Weekly, we were always more friends than anything. It was always a blurred, weird relationship. He was always very sweet to me and we enjoyed each other's company, but I think it was one of those things where producers really wanted us to be together and we both knew that we didn't really have that kind of chemistry but at the same time, we were friends and we were happy to film together. Okay, so there's one. Another storyline that wasn't true. 
Remember Jen Bunny and Brody Jenner hooking up at Lauren Conrad's 21st birthday party? Never happened. This has been confirmed by both Spencer Pratt and Jen Bunny. So like I said, the storyline was that Jen broke girl code and hooked up with Brody at Lauren's 21st birthday party. It did not happen. Spencer told Entertainment Tonight, I was always filming everything, so I have footage of what really happened on my own camera. However, Jen Bunny actually went on her Instagram recently. I want to say like within the past month to kind of set the record straight for the first time in 15 years. Are you ready to read the statement? You know, we got to do it once a pod. So here it is from Jen Bunny. It's also untrue. And I've endured so much manipulation, but kept my mouth shut for the entire 15 years because what it will get me to tell my truth. It was so long ago and so irrelevant to me now, and it doesn't serve me. At the same time, does anyone know the producers took me out of my neuroscience final at USC to film that episode because they said it was an emergency to have that discussion and I had to retake my exam? Do you know they told me if I didn't say yes, I'm bad to every untrue thing that was said and have that conversation right then that it was going to be much, much worse for me in the edits And I had no choice of this or the worst thing. So basically she's saying, they said, you say yes to this or it's going to be a worse edit for you. She continues. So I left my test. I was having a full-blown panic attack during that episode, admitting to things that never once ever happened and getting called evil. So fun. Okay. So she never hooked up with Brody. And let's just do one more, you know, just because... You get it. The reason Lauren LC was upset at Heidi's wedding wasn't really because of Spency. Spency. Can I speak English today? I'm really struggling. I guess that could be like their celebrity nickname or whatever. Spencer and Heidi. She was not upset at their wedding because of them. We all remember Lauren's in that little blue dress. She runs out of the church like a damsel in distress, but in distress. In distress? Am I okay? You know what it is? I haven't taken my nap today. Struggle bus. Lauren runs down the steps in distress. Okay, there it is. Doesn't say goodbye to anybody. Well, according to Glamour, and I've seen this lots of places, but Lauren actually left in a tizzy because she had somewhere else to be. The wedding was delayed by hours because the power went out and the producers had locked her in the basement with a security guard so she couldn't leave. So there's all that. Now, we also know at the end of, and I can't remember if it was The Hills or Laguna Beach, there's that episode, I think it's The Hills, but it's when Kristen was in The Hills and not Lauren. There's that moment where Brody is standing and Kristen's getting ready to drive away and they're in front of the Hollywood sign and yada, yada, yada. And the the camera pans out and you see the curtain being lifted. The Hollywood sign moves up. They're on this big set. There's a green screen. They're yelling action, pretty much making us question our entire existence, our entire belief in reality television. Was the whole thing a lie? Was there some truth to it? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious from all of the examples above that it was very heavily scripted. If you watch Laguna Beach or The Hills, you can draw parallels to Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset is Laguna Beach with real estate. I mean, even the way the show is edited and produced and put together, you could not tell me that this could not be Warren, Heidi, you know, Lowe, Whitney, 
grown up, but they're real estate agents now, you know? And Adam DeVello saw what he did on MTV with massive success. I mean, iconic reality television history with both Laguna Beach and The Hills and decided, I'm going to do it again on a Netflix streaming service. And I'm going to call it Selling Sunset. If they can manipulate Jen Bunny into admitting she hooked up with somebody when she didn't for 15 years, never come clean with the truth. Imagine what else they can convince somebody to say on camera. I don't know, like she offered my client $5,000 not to work with me. Especially a newbie like Emma, who's only her second season in. Maybe this is why Christine didn't go to the meeting or the reunion because she knows it doesn't matter what the truth is. The truth is whatever the producers want the truth to be. So under those circumstances, I can't say that I blame her for not showing up. And maybe her saying she had COVID and then being out with Melissa Gorga two days later was a way to like stick it to the producers. Like I'm not playing your game and I'm done. As of right now, I don't think she works at the Oppenheim Group. She isn't listed on the O Group website. I made a video about her quitting and she liked it. So all signs point to the fact that Christine no longer works there. So, I mean, just some things to think about. Let's move on to Grishel. Rumors that she is dating an Australian singer, G Flip, reportedly spotted holding hands with G Flip, who's 27, after a recent concert in Denver, Colorado, in a pic posted by a Reddit user. G Flip is non-binary. Rumors have been swirling for weeks, weeks that Chrishell was dating G Flip. She was leaving flirty comments on their Instagram. Chrishell was like on her Instagram story saying, I'm going to Australia for the first time next month, which is where G Flip lives. And then we get this picture of the two of them walking around holding hands. So do I think they're dating? Yeah, I do. And my prediction is that Chrishell will announce at the reunion. Okay, that's the prediction. You heard it here first. They have to give people something to talk about at the reunion since Christine won't be there. Okay, you guys, let's wrap up this week's episode by talking about the Summer House finale. I cried multiple times for multiple different reasons watching the Summer House finale. I'm really sad that it's coming to an end. I genuinely love and enjoy watching this television show. Let's get into the episode. The first time, for the first time, I really felt for Kyle. And maybe it's because now I have the smallest inkling or idea of what stress comes with planning a wedding. I have no desire to plan one wedding one time. Imagine having to plan a wedding three times. And to me, I mean, really to all of us, Amanda seems very avoidant. You know, when things start to stress her out, she just ignores completely. Kyle's the opposite. He's like, do, 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 go, go, go. So that combination, Amanda not wanting to do anything, Kyle wanting to do everything, and then trying to plan a wedding three times, I feel the stress for them. I would just elope. And then, and then to get COVID two weeks before your wedding, I get the breakdowns. I truly, truly do. But thankfully, they made it to their big day. I thought the ceremony was beautiful. I mean, really beautiful. I thought the backyard was 
great. It was huge. It was perfect weather, big tent. You know, it was very scenic. I was crying during the wedding. Were you crying? We were all crying. Okay. Actually, I was sobbing. I was sobbing. I could not help myself. I love their vows. I loved everybody getting choked up. You can even see Andrea trying not to let a tear fall past those beautiful little aviators onto those chiseled cheeks. Seeing everyone ignore Austin also made me very happy. And seeing Lindsay and Carl have their little chat. And I know some of you doubters out there like, they're fake couple. Listen, I don't think that they're fake. I feel like I could feel Lindsay's nerves through the television screen. Like when she was having that little chat with Carl. She's like, maybe, I don't know. I feel like you can't fake that. Maybe you can. I don't know. I just love Habito so much. I used to believe anything else in the fact that they're getting in love. They're having babies and getting married. I also want to say the biggest props to Carl for being so dedicated to his sobriety. I cannot imagine how hard it has to be in that environment, but I think it is so brave and it's an important storyline to tell. That's why I hate in the reunion that we got this rude moment from Paige where she's like, what did you do all summer? Literally shut up. And I I know that that's harsh. I know that that's a harsh thing to say to Paigey Poo. But in that moment, I said, Paige, shut up. Don't you come for Carlito because he's sober and didn't add to your drama with Craig and Austin and Sierra and Lindsay in the moment. Ain't nobody got time for that. Overall, not much to the episode besides the wedding, but I liked the way that it ended. The reunion is going to be good. I mean, Maya told us on the pod that Danielle gets a lot off her chest. I hope she does. I mean, we saw a little snippet of it in the reunion teaser. I've listened to a lot of interviews that Danielle has done. She is not happy with Sierra. Apparently, Sierra didn't reach out to her at all, even when the episode was airing. And I think it makes sense now that Danielle didn't actually know that Sierra threw a wine glass because we all thought it was super strange that they just kind of rushed through that, right? They had this huge fight. Wine was thrown. A glass was thrown. The next day, they're playing beach volleyball for an hour. But in the moment, blacked out. I don't think Danielle realized that she threw a glass at her. So I'm interested to see that. Obviously, like I said, we have Paige versus Lindsay. I have my own theories on why Paige hates Lindsay. Maybe that'll be deep dive worthy for next week after the reunion. But I'll give you a quick overview. These aren't all my thoughts. These are just a few of them. They've always had issues in the past. You know, not going to go through every single last one of them, but they never were besties. But this season, you know, Lindsay brought up the Kristen Cavallari thing. Craig hates Lindsay for that. We saw what Craig said about Lindsay on the show, calling her a loser and saying all of these mean things about her. Maybe some of that animosity rubbed off on Paige a little bit because Paige was already a little uneasy with Lindsay, but now having someone in her corner like Craig feels so strongly about Lindsay the way that he does. You know, once you start to hang out with people, these thoughts start to, you know, get into your head. So it probably just pushed her over the edge a little bit. Also, I do feel like, actually, I know Craig and Paige think that Habito's relationship is fake. I've heard Craig say it on his Pillows and Beers podcast tour or whatever it is that they are doing. And I feel like Paige thinks the same way. And if they do think that, if they think, oh, they're just in a fake relationship, that's automatically going to make them not like them because they think, oh, well, they saw us do it. So now they want to do it for relevance, for a storyline. 
whatever, whatever, whatever. Like I said, I don't believe that Habito is fake, but that alone would make Craig and Paige annoyed with them if they're like, they're stealing our thunder. They just want to be Bravo's number one couple, which by the way, they are. But I can't wait to see the rest of the reunion. I'm really sad that it's ending, but I think it's going to be good. And of course, you know, we will recap it all on the pod. Okay, guys, that does it for this week's episode of MPT. Listen to this. Seriously, exciting stuff right now. If you want to, you know, do a dip membership, 95% off. Oh, yeah. When you use the code SPRING. It's not really spring in Ohio right now. It's gloomy and cold and rainy, but I think I'm positive vibes. So use the code spring right now for 95% off the dip.com. It's only this month. It's where you go to Morgan's Pop Talks community group. And we talk about all the things we talk about on the pod a little bit more in detail because I feel like I can be shadier, you know, behind a keyboard besides people like hearing my voice. I don't know. You get it. All right. Thanks again for another wonderful episode. If you haven't yet, please be sure to give us a little five-star rating. I promise I won't be too annoying about it. I'll just ask you every single time I end a podcast and we'll see you back here next week. Love you like a sis. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.